Welcome to Heirloom Radio, a different kind of oldies program. My name is John Lovering, and I am your host. Radio City Playhouse was a live half-hour anthology series that aired on NBC Radio from July 3rd, 1948 to January 1st, 1950. It was directed by Harry W. Junkin, with music by Dr. Roy Shield. The announcers were Bob Warren and Fred Collins. The series presented original radio dramas, regardless of the fame of the author, so long as they were considered good. Many of the broadcasts have survived and can be heard on websites like this one, websites that specialize in old-time radio. One of the episodes was Deadline, which aired on February 28, 1949. The story is about a newspaper reporter named Jim Bradley who's assigned to cover the execution of a convicted murderer named Joe Martin. Jim is sympathetic to Joe's plight and tries to find evidence to prove his innocence before the deadline. I'm not going to be a spoiler. You're going to have to find out what happens. The actors starring in this, Jim Bradley was played by John Larkin, Joe Martin is Joseph Julian, Helen Martin is Jan Minor, Mr. Kottner is Bernard Lenau, Mr. Wilson, Ralph Bell, Mr. Stevens, John Gibson, Bobby Elford played Tommy Martin, the warden is Roger DeCoven, and Lawson Zerby played the guard. And as I mentioned before, the announcer was Fred Collins. I hope you enjoy this program, and I thank you for listening in. You are why I do this. This is Radio City Playhouse. Ladies and gentlemen, here's the director of Radio City Playhouse, Harry W. Junkin. Thank you, Bob Warren. Friends, this week we are honored to present a young author new to Radio City Playhouse, Mr. John Bethune, B-E-T-H-U-N-E, Bethune. It is a name we think you will do well to watch, because for brittle and penetrating radio writing, Mr. Bethune is in a class by himself. We hope to present more of his work in the very near future. The name of our play is Deadline, and stars Claudia Morgan as Marsha Robbins, Paul Nugent as Benson Todd, and Bernard Grant as Jerry. Deadline by John Bethune, Attraction 27 on Radio City Playhouse.
Hello, Sphinx Club. Can I speak to Louis in the bar, please? Oh, what's he doing? Hello, Louis. This is Marsha Robbins. Marsha Robbins, Benson Todd's secretary. Yes. Listen, has Mr. Todd been in tonight? Well, if he comes in during the next half hour, will you tell him I called? Louis, it's very important. I think he's forgotten or something, and it's very urgent that I get hold of him. All right. Thanks. Goodbye. That's the way the story began. Me chasing Benson Todd all over town. Perhaps you wonder why I don't write a book about Benson Todd. Well, it's a fair enough question. A book dealing with one of our more outrageous drama critics would be bound to have a certain celebrity value, if nothing else. And as a study in advanced megalomania, it might even have a certain clinical value. But unfortunately, it's not quite as simple as that. In the first place, having spent five hair-raising years as Benson Todd's personal secretary, I find it rather difficult to view him with the proper detachment and reverence of a good biographer. I wouldn't dare write a book about him, fictional or otherwise. However, there is one rather illuminating episode in the saga of Vincent Todd, which I think I can safely repeat. It happened only last season, on that now famous evening when the Vaughan Courtney production of Macbeth opened on Broadway. Perhaps you remember, it was at the Gotham Theatre. Will it not be received? When we have marked with blood those sleepy two of his own chamber and used their very daggers that they have done it. Who dares receive it other as we shall make our griefs and clamor roar upon his death? I am settled and bend up each corporal agent to this terrible feat. Away and mock the time with fairest show. False face must hide what the false heart doth know. I'll give you odds it doesn't run away. Well, someone gave Red some tickets, and we've seen everything else. But didn't you love the dirty old ladies with beards? He may be hot stuff in the movies, but on the stage, oh, brother. <laughs> but you must admit he's beautiful. What happens in the second act? Darling, do you think we can bear another act? Good thing Shakespeare never lived to see it. I can't wait to read the critics. Oh, there goes one of them now. Oh, where? Benson Todd, just going out the door. Oh, the one with the inscrutable. Benson Todd, eh? Boy, I'll bet he gives it a roasting. Brother, you can say that again. Uh, Mr. Todd, Mr. Todd, wait a minute, please. Excuse me, please. Pardon me, please. Mr. Todd! Do you happen by any chance to be speaking to me? Yes, yes, I am. I, I saw you leaving the theater, and I, I wanted to have a word with you. What about? Well, I don't blame you for leaving, Mr. Todd. One I... act of this thing is plenty. Uh, Mr. Todd, I'm Mrs. Vaughn Courtney. Really? Uh, well, I, I don't blame you for leaving, Mr. Todd. You said that once. 
but I, I just wanted to explain. Just a moment, Mrs. Courtney. Did your husband notice my leaving? Did he send you out to waylay oh, me and ask me to... he didn't notice you leaving, and he'd be furious if he knew that then I Then I happy. suggest you go back into the theater before he finds out you're asking me to change my opinion of his performance. I wouldn't think of asking you to alter your opinion, Mr. Todd. I know quite well that Vaughn is, is inadequate tonight. Inadequate? Uh, my dear Mrs. Courtney, your husband's acting this evening is inexcusable. Oh, no. No, not altogether. That's why I followed you out. You see, Mr. Todd, for the past few days, Vaughn hasn't been at all well. In fact, his doctor ordered him not to go on tonight. Then why did he? Well, he had to. All the publicity was out and and the advance sale, and then Vaughn insisted that he go through with it. But his stomach's been upset all afternoon, and he feels wretched. And, well, if if the opening could only have been postponed a couple of days, I know Vaughn could do a splendid job. My dear Mrs. Courtney, this is no concern of mine. Yes, yes, I realize that. But, Mr. Todd, if you could just mention something in your review, just a sentence, explaining that Vaughn felt so wretched and had a temper... Mrs. Courtney, I'm about to proceed to my favorite bar and write a review. I have no intention of turning it into a medical report. It's a matter of supreme indifference to me whether your husband is suffering from chillblains, hydrophobia, galloping consumption, or barber's itch. He's giving an outrageously bad performance of a magnificent role... And I fully intend to say so. Good night. No, no, please. Please, Mr. Todd. You, you don't understand what this production means to him. It, it's not just a publicity stunt. In spite of what people think, Vaughn's, well, Vaughn feels very deeply about acting. He's been studying and planning this night for years. It's terribly important to him. Well, if, if you were an actor, you'd understand. Now, Mr. Todd, couldn't you possibly come again tomorrow night or, or the night after? I know you'd feel that Vaughn was wonderful. Mrs. Courtney, I have a deadline to meet. You'll have to excuse me. A theater lobby is no place to stage a sob scene, so if you don't mind... I should have known better. Good night, Mr. Evening, Mr. Todd. Evening, Gus. I thought you were covering Macbeth tonight. One act was as much as I could stand. (laughs) Not so hard, huh? Well, what'll it be? Same as usual? Please. No, better make it a double. Double it is. I I beg your pardon, sir, but, uh, uh, you're Benson Todd, aren't you? Yes, why? (laughs) I thought so. I I wasn't quite sure. Well, now you are. Uh, yes. I, uh, I hope you don't mind my butting in like this, but, uh, my name is Edgar Fish. You have my sympathy. Thank you. I mean, uh, yes. Mr. Todd, I've just been reading your new book. You know, Criteria. I seem to recall it. I just want to say how much I enjoyed it. Thank you. Yes, as a matter of fact, I think it's the best book on the American theater that I've ever read. Really? Oh, yes, yes. I read through it twice. Didn't you understand it the first time? What? Oh, yes, yes, I understood it all right. Although there were one or two points where I didn't quite see eye to eye with you. You don't see? Yes. For instance, in your chapter on the catharsis of comedy, you said that Shakespeare's idea of comedy is insulting to a modern intelligence. Did I? Oh, yes, yes, very pointedly. Don't you remember? Of course, I'll grant you that the values of comedy are transient, but the basic elements of comedy haven't changed. 
Well, that's why I feel it. My dear young man. Uh, yes? Oh, nothing, never mind. Gus, take my check out of this, will you? Yes, sir. Oh, Mr. Todd, you're not leaving, are you? I am indeed. But I, I wanted to ask your opinion I about never this. express opinions unless I'm paid for but them. But, Mr. Todd, you... Thank you. Good night, Gus. Good night, sir. But, Mr. Todd, Look, you... young man... The fact that you happen to have read one of my books does not constitute an introduction. Nor does it entitle you to bore the pants off me. Good night. Hello, store club. This is Marsha Robbins of the Morning Chronicle speaking. Can you tell me Mr. Todd's there? No, 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 no. Todd. Benson Todd. That's right. Uh, well, would you find out, please? It's very important. Yes, I'll hold on. Oh, come in. Hi, beautiful. Oh, it's you, Jerry. In the flesh, my sprite, in the flesh. Well, take your flesh somewhere else. I'm busy. Oh, come now. That any way to welcome the man you love? Please, Jerry, I'm in no mood for fun and games. What's the matter? Plenty. We go to press early tonight. Well, so what? So, I haven't got Mr. Todd's copy yet. Why not? Because he hasn't come in yet, you dope. Okay, okay, don't have to bite my head off. Well, don't ask me stupid questions. I'm not asking stupid questions. Quiet, ever... quiet. Hello? Yes? He isn't. Well, well, has he a reservation? I see. Well, look, if he comes in during the next few minutes, would you ask him to call his office? Yes, please, as soon as he comes in. Thanks very much. Good night. What's the matter? Has the critical mind gone on the bat again? I don't know, but wherever he's gone, he's certainly hidden his tracks. Well, if he's covering a play, he could have gone to sleep. It's happened before. I know, but I've checked the theater. He left at the end of the first act. Wouldn't you know? And I'm hanged if I can find out where he went. Is there a bar near the theater? I've tried every brass rail on the 40s. How about the 50s? Well, that's what I'm doing now. What's El Morocco's number? How would I know? I'm a reporter, not a columnist. Well, look it up for me, will you? I'm going to try his apartment again. Wait a minute. Wait Jerry, a minute. please, I've got to find I him. I know, but listen, if he's left his review till this lady will most likely phone it in, won't he? Well, he doesn't usually. No, but if he does and you're on the wire all the time, how's he going to get it through? But supposing he's forgotten all about the early deadline. Supposing he has. It's not your fault. Oh, isn't it? You don't know Benson Todd. Well, what does it matter anyway? It's just another drama review. My dear Jerry, that's the whole point. This isn't just another drama review. Tonight, it's news. How come? Good Lord, don't you read the papers? Vaughn Courtney opens in Macbeth tonight. So what? So what? So everything. Headlines, big lights, fanfares, autographs. Hollywood in tights. Grandma Boy brings Bard to Broadway. Why, to read the publicity, you'd think Vaughn Courtney wrote Macbeth. <laughs> I'll bet Benson Todd is burning. Is he ever? A Hollywood movie hero daring to appear on the New York stage in Shakespeare, you can imagine. What does he say about it? Oh, something to the effect that if Macbeth were never a tragedy before, it most certainly would be tonight. Is that all? Oh, he can do better than that. I think he's saving the barrage for his review. It should make rather spirited reading. If he ever gets here to write it, what's the time now? Oh, relax. He'll turn up. Well, he better. That's all I can say. He's in bad enough with the front office now. If he misses this deadline, I hate to think what'll happen. Good evening, Mr. Todd. Hello, Johnson. Got a table? Yes, sir. How many are there? Just myself. How would you like the corner in the bar? Good. This way, sir. Will this one do, sir? Perfectly. Oh, by the way, sir, your office telephoned. 
Miss Robbins. She seemed very anxious to get in touch with you. Shall I have an extension connected? No, thanks. I'll see about it later. Just bring me a double scotch with very little ice and very little water. Very good, sir. Make it two, Johnny. Huh? Oh, hello, Wendy. Hello. Mind if I join you? Not at all. Two, Johnson. Yes, sir. Well, glad to see me. Should I be? I'm not quite sure. I haven't seen much of you lately. No, I've been rather busy. Too busy to phone? Now, look, Wendy, if you're going to stop... All right, all right, I'm sorry. How did the opening go? Which one? Well, tonight. Macbeth, wasn't it? So they tell me. I'd love to see it. I can't imagine why. Well, I've never seen Vaughn Courtney except on the screen. I should have thought that was more than sufficient. But I've always liked him in pictures. What? It's French, Wendy. It means everyone to his own taste. Terribly hard to please, aren't you? Uh, by the way, Friedman's new show goes into rehearsal on Monday. Yes, I know. I went round to his office yesterday. Oh? Any luck? Well, no, I couldn't get in to see him. They said they'd never heard of me. Should they have? Well, yes. After all, you said you'd fix it for me. I said what? You said you'd fix it for me. About getting a part, I mean. My dear girl, I did nothing of the sort. But of course you did. Don't you remember? You promised. You can't go now, back Now, just on... a minute, Wendy. I take it you feel I'm under some sort of obligation to you, is that it? Well, no. Not exactly. But you did say you'd speak to Friedman. You seem to forget that I'm a drama critic, not an actor's agent. But, Benson, you said that you... My function is reviewing the stage, not peppering it with aspiring ingenues from Minnesota. But you promised... If you take my advice, Wendy, you'll just forget the whole incident. I see. Here, have a cigarette. No, thank you. Oh, go on, have one. I don't want one. Very well. I don't want anything from Except you. Except a part in Friedman's show. That's a pretty rotten thing to say. But true. By the way, why don't you try your wiles on Friedman? I wouldn't have believed you could be so completely callous. You'll have to work fast, though. He goes into rehearsal on Monday, remember? I won't be here on Monday. Oh? Going somewhere? Yes. Where, Minnesota? Does it matter? Not especially. I didn't think so. Well, have a nice trip. Thank you. Well, I guess that's my exit cue. You should know. You claim to be an actress. Yes. Well, goodbye, Mr. Todd. Goodbye, Wendy. Better luck next time. Yeah, you are, sir. Thank you, Johnson. I'll take them both. Uh, yes, sir. Isn't the young lady coming back? I hardly think so, Johnson. I hardly think so. Well, 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 if it isn't fancy boy Todd himself. Hello, Max. How's the world's greatest producer? Hmm. Why aren't you at the opening? When they let you in? Unfortunately, yes. Ah, walked out on it, huh? One act was plenty. You know, you got a lot of nerve, Todd. So have you, judging by that last little stinker of yours. Oh, yeah? Well, what makes you think you can review a show like Macbeth when you only see the first act, huh? My dear Max, it isn't necessary to eat a whole egg to find out it's putrid. Very funny. You ought to use that sometime. I probably will. When is your next production? What do you care? You won't get in to see it. Uh-huh. Still licking your wounds, eh? You can call it that if you like. What's the matter, Max? Can't you take it anymore? Sure, sure, I can take it if I have to, but I don't have to take the kind of schmo-wise cracks you hand out. You don't, sir? Yes, I do say. You know, 
You're going to wake up and find yourself looking for a new sheet one of these days, Todd, and you can take it from me. There are plenty guys around town who'll make a point of seeing you don't find one. I see. You know, Max, I believe I've been underrating you. I'll say you have. Yes. I've always maintained you couldn't possibly be as vulgar as one of your productions. What? Apparently, I was wrong. Why, you dirty... Okay, Todd, you vast for it once too often... earth do you suppose he can be? Look, you've asked me that 14 times, and I still don't know the answer. Well, he should have been here a half hour ago. All right, but there's no need to get yourself into a dither about it. It won't be the first time he's missed a deadline. No, but it may be the last. And if he gets the axe, I'll probably get it, too. Good. Then you can marry me. We'll buy a nice little rose-covered cottage in Brooklyn and live happily ever after. Oh, go to... Ah, oh, there he is. Hello. Yeah. Oh, no. No, he's not. Well, I couldn't say for sure. He's supposed to be here now. Is there any message? Well, who shall I say was calling? Hello? Hello? You know, that's funny. That's the third time she's phoned in the last hour. Who? I don't know, some woman. Oh, what's so funny about it? Nothing, only each time I ask her who's calling, she hangs up on me. Very discreet. I'd say. Just the same. I'd like to know what goes on. Probably one of our critical colleagues' girlfriends. I'm told he leads a pretty shady love line. I gather you don't altogether approve of our Mr. Todd. You gather correctly. For my money, he's a grade-A jerk. You'll have to admit he's a grade-A critic. Nuts. He's a lousy critic. Oh, who says so? I say so. Oh, and of course, that settles the matter. No, not necessarily, but I... Well, I certainly can't have any use for a critic who despises the theater as much as Todd does. Despises the theater? Whatever gave you that idea? Well, isn't it obvious? He pans every place he's. Oh, come now. Of course he does. I've never read a review of his yet that didn't flay the hide off the author or insult the actors or sneer at the producer. Well, maybe they deserved it. But that's not the point. Well, what is the point? Simply that a critic should be constructive, not destructive. Oh, my God. Well, it's true. A critic's job is to contribute something to the theater, not sit back and make cheap cracks at it. After all, it doesn't take any great brain to write the sort of stuff Todd does. Any fool can jeer. Including yourself, I suppose. Oh, for the love of Pete, the female mind. What's that? I said the female mind. Why is it that a woman can never discuss any subject for three minutes without making a personal issue of it? For exactly the same reason that a man can never discuss any subject for three minutes without being patronizing about it. Who's being patronizing? You are. I'm not being anything the kind I simply stated, that a dramatic critic should be constructive and not destructive. And I simply state that you don't know what you're talking about. Now who's being patronizing? Oh, shut up. I beg your pardon? I said shut up. Now, look here, Marjorie. Oh, there's Mr. Todd. Quick, hand him a pencil. Say, please. Oh, all right, please. Come on, give it to me. Hello? What? No, it's not. Well, I haven't got it yet. Mr. Todd hasn't come in. I don't know. Well, all right, you don't have to yell at me. It's not my fault. Yes, I heard you. Okay, you'll get Todd's copy as soon as it's ready. Who is that, Sloan? Oh, yes, he's raising the roof. What'll I do? Let him rave. But, Jerry, he's not kidding. They're holding space. I've got to do something. Uh, well, I guess there's only one thing you can do. What? Write the review yourself. Don't be funny. No, I'm serious. If Sloan's oh. yelling for copy and Todd's not here, somebody's got to write it. Well, it won't be me, I can tell you that. All right, I will. What? Get your pencil. I'll dictate a loop. Now, just a minute. Not so Come fast. Come on, there's no time to waste. Sloan's waiting. But, Jerry, this is crazy. Don't argue. Jerry will never get away Why with not? it. Why not? 
Come on, come on. Make with the pencil. Oh, okay, my impetuous young friend. But don't say I didn't warn you. Are you ready? Yes, I'm ready. Okay, now. Um, let's see. Where's the plane? The Gotham. Gotham, okay. Uh, 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 take this. Mm. Um, had the immortal bard been present at the Gotham Theater tonight, he would have... Uh, he, uh... No, no, change that. Uh, try this. It is perhaps... Wait a minute. Uh, I think I've got it. What? The opening sentence. Listen. Shakespeare wrote Macbeth as a tragedy, but tonight on the stage of the Gotham Theater, it emerged as a comedy. How's that? Brilliant. Oh. I wish I'd said it. Oh, why, Mr. Todd, I... I didn't hear you come in. Perhaps I should have knocked. Well, I've been trying all over town to find you. So I see. I I mean by telephone. I was afraid you'd forgotten the early deadline. Very considerate. Uh, excuse me, Mr. Todd, your your mouth is bleeding. I'm quite aware of that fact, thank you. And just what, may I ask, are you doing here? Well, I was just helping Marsha. I I mean, Miss Robbins, we thought if you didn't turn up, we might get your coffee ready. Really? Well, when I require your services in this department, I'll let you know. In the meantime, I'll thank you to get out of my office and stay out of it. Now, just a minute, Todd. You heard me. Yes, I heard Jerry, you. Jerry, please. Okay, I'm going. But someday this paper is going to get wise to you. Todd. And close the door behind you. Uh, go to... And now, Miss Robbins, if you have no objection, I should like to express my opinion of tonight's opening in my own words. <laughs> Becomes entirely meaningless through the garbled mouthings and idiotic posturings of this presumptuous Hollywood heartthrob. Period. See who the devil that is and tell him I'm out. All right. Hello? Uh, who's calling, please? Just a moment. It's Mrs. Lorne Courtney. She seems rather upset. Give me that phone. Here you are. Mrs. Courtney. You've already bothered me quite enough for one evening. Now, in the vernacular of the pool room, will you and your husband please go away somewhere and drop dead? Now, where was I? Uh, idiotic posturings of this presumptuous Hollywood heartthrob. Ah, yes. In fact, Mr. Vaughan Courtney's Macbeth is unquestionably the worst performance of that role that has ever been my misfortune to witness... On any professional stage, either here or abroad. In fact, Mr. Vaughn Courtney's Macbeth is unquestionably the worst performance of that role it has ever been my misfortune to witness on any professional stage, either here or abroad. My gosh, Marsha, how can he write that stuff? I shouldn't think you'd be bothered reading it after the way he kicked you out of the office tonight. Yeah, that twerp. Still, I've, I've, I've got to admit, the guy does have style. Just just listen to this. Um, um, oh, yeah, yeah. In the second soliloquy, Macbeth appeared to be coping not so much with the pangs of an uneasy conscience as with the twinges of a faulty intestine. Yipe. Oh, please, Jerry, I've heard it once tonight, and I don't think it's either clever or amusing. Say, what, what's the matter with you, anyway? Oh, nothing. Just tired, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> it is kind of late. Wonder if the other papers are out yet. Should be by now. Why? Well, I'd like to see what the other critics say. Hey, Louie. Yeah? Uh, got any morning papers there? Yeah, I got a news. Just came in. Let's see it, will you? Yeah, sure, sure. Want some more coffee, honey? No, thanks. Hey, that's too bad about that movie guy, huh? What movie guy? 
It's here on the front page. See? Actor dies on stage. What's that? Who? Vaughn Courtney. Vaughn Courtney? You're kidding. No, look. Vaughn Courtney, Hollywood film star, died tonight in the stage wings of the Gotham City. Oh, no. That's too bad, huh? There's appendix, Buster. Appendix? Yeah, yeah. It says, uh, stricken with acute appendicitis during the first performance of Macbeth, the idol of movie-going millions collapsed before a horrified first-night audience and was carried from the stage by members of his company. Holy Peter, when did it happen? Right in the middle of the show, during the third act. Oh, brother, this is the payoff. Todd's really done it this time. He wasn't even there. Holy cat, but he reviewed the whole show. Exactly. Oh, my aching back. Will this raise a stink? Wait till the chief reads that bit about the faulty intestine. Wait till he reads the last paragraph. Why, why, what does that say? Read it yourself. All right. Since the text has been so obviously mutilated to veil the star's shortcomings as an actor, we can only regret that they didn't follow through. Why prolong Macbeth's demise for five acts? Mr. Courtney would have done us all a great favor had he arranged to meet his maker in the middle of the second. See what I mean? Holy suffering cow. That's the story. Not exactly an edifying tale, but I think if you scratch between the lines a bit, you'll detect a certain moral tinge. At any rate, if I ever get around to writing that book about Benson Todd, I'll certainly include it. However, the likelihood of that is rather slim, I'm afraid. For one thing, Jerry threatens to divorce me unless I spend a little more time with him. And for another... Well, being the new dramatic critic for the Chronicle keeps me pretty darn busy these nights, believe me. just heard Deadline, Attraction 27 on Radio City Playhouse. Deadline was written by John Bethune, and the production was directed by Harry W. Junkin. Claudia Morgan played Marcia Robbins. Paul Nugent was Benson Todd. Bernard Grant was Jerry. Other members of the cast included Charlotte Holland, Marilyn Erskine, Bob Dryden, Eugene Francis, and Steve Gethers. The music was composed and conducted by Dr. Roy Shields. Radio City Playhouse is supervised for the National Broadcasting Company by Richard P. McDonough. This is Harry Junkin again. Next week, a radical and complete departure from our regular format. We're sure you'll be charmed and delighted with Two Moods from the Past, a type of radio entertainment we have never attempted on Radio City Playhouse. Next week as Attraction 28. Good night, everybody.
This program came to you from New York. Bob Warren speaking. This is NBC, the national broadcasting company.